0: Hey guys, Tyler Winters here with John Pierman. It's spooky season and we know how all of you emos out there love your spooky stories. John and I do too. So mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate the Halloween month with a couple of believed to be true scary stories. Purportedly. This month, since it's October, we're going to be reading stories and then discussing them. And in the end, we'll decide if we believe the story is true or not. We'd like you guys to listen to the story. We'd love to hear what you think. So definitely let us know on our socials. So, John, let's go ahead and kick it off with a story. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go? I'll go. Okay. Does your story have a name? No. Okay. Simply a scary camping story. Okay. Scary camping story. All right. Uh, Just for reference... Um, so everybody knows I'm in my basement recording this, so. Oh, me too. Oh, all right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead.
1: I was camping in Northern Michigan with my dad. My grandma lived on a lake house near Gaylord, Michigan. That's a funny name. My parents and I would frequent every Friday through Sunday for well over a decade until my grandma sold the place. Our routine would be to pack up all necessary equipment for a three-day camping trip and fit it into our bags, grab the mountain bikes, and head off to one of the state forests. We then would find a random two-track leading into the woods, particularly we always aimed for those that looked like they haven't been driven on in years due to overgrowth, find a place to park, offload the bikes, and leave. We generally made our own trail. Then the goal was to find a stream or river and set up camp in any clearing we could find. We usually ended up in a clearing as we never went more than 10 to 15 miles from the truck. One time, we actually came across an old foundation of what I was assuming was once a home. No trail or road led remotely near for miles, right on a stream, made of rocks about the size of a brick. There was a small wooden shack, maybe 10 feet or so from the foundation, maybe four or four and a half feet tall. I remember my dad had to bend over and I just hunched to get inside. Inside were rusted-out gun barrels, fishing poles, snowshoes, bedding, old pots and pans. Clearly the area hadn't been used in a very long time. Just cool stuff for a 12-year-old kid. We set up camp about 20 feet away, caught a few bullfrogs, and cooked them up for dinner along with some pan-fried nachos on the small Coleman we had with those old-school mini-propane tanks. No light pollution, the night sky was amazing. Could see so many stars this day, my favorite part of camping is after dark. That night, shortly before we went to bed, we tied up all our food and hung it up about 15 feet or so in the air over a branch like you see in the movies. Keeping bears and other animals out of it, essentially, our normal nightly routine. Shortly after we zippered up the tent to get some sleep, we started hearing grunting and huffing sounds coming from across the stream. My dad, being an avid hunter, says it's likely a deer or an elk, maybe a bear, which we've seen all of these and more on our trips. Sound carries pretty far, so Dad wasn't too concerned. We hear it throughout the night, but sounds start getting almost baby-like. The only way I can describe it is imagine a baby whining softly. Add this with very deep huffs and grunting. Periodically, we would bear a high-pitched, sharp, but very short cry. Sounded to me like a baby screaming, just creepy. Throughout the night, these sounds come and go. Dad loaded the Remington, and I had my little 20-gauge small game ready to go just in case. We eventually fell asleep. We wake up to nothing too out of the ordinary except the stench of rotting meat like a dead animal. We figured an animal died and we could just smell it in the wind. We would come across coyote kills sometimes of other animals, so we didn't think anything of it. We go outside to a beautiful sunrise and the sound of flies. Dad just figures we lost the food and the flies are on it now. Dad walks around back by the food back and stops abruptly and just says, I still remember it very slowly. What the fuck? Behind our tent are three deer strung up, skinned, and gutted. the The deer were hung on three different branches of the same tree that our bag was on, which was untouched. Each head was cut off and set on top of the guts. Each head was pointed directly at our tent. No one around, no footprints, no blood trail, nothing. Just three deer hanging by vine. Not twine or rope, vines. Dad grabbed the gun and went to try and spot tracks or blood. He is a phenomenal tracker and has been a guide on a few occasions. For experience hunts in the Upper Peninsula, he found nothing. We heard nothing in the night either. Creepy as shit. I was incredibly spooked. Dad was too as we packed up that Saturday and headed back to the truck. No incidents on the way back, just a normal half-day trip back to the truck. We drove to the DNR station and reported it. I remember the guy looking at me, then my dad, shaking his head slowly, picking up the phone, and all he said was something like, another scanned animal sighting near the whatever stream.
0: Oh, dang.
1: Clearly it happened before, but what the hell? Dad never did find out if it was someone or something. The fact that my dad couldn't find any blood spotting or trails where those deer would have been dragged or hoof prints where they perhaps walked is what to this day baffles him the most. We still talk about it over a beer every now and then. He also doesn't know where the vines came from because he looked all around the area and there were no trees with any vines anywhere around. The end.
0: What the hell? Yeah. I mean... Okay, so if we're going to question these stories, I don't know what could have put those there, you know? Like, somebody just... I so how did it say how long they were gone for when they went fishing or whatever, when they left the campsite?
1: Oh, it all happened when they were asleep.
0: Oh, it all happened when they were asleep, okay. Yeah, they are in
1: their tent, yeah.
0: Jesus. And so they come out, and then they mm-hmm. see the...
1: After being asleep.
0: Yeah, that's wild, man. And then the fact that the when they went to go report it, the dude's like, Ugh, another yeah, animal happened again. Skinned. That's weird. I don't know. I mean I have no reason to disbelieve it. What do you think? Oh, I think it was uh Sasquatch. Do you believe in Sasquatch for reals? Yeah. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You believe Sasquatch has been around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's literally deer. no sightings of him that are uh, There's all sorts of sightings. There's no. just no uh, credible ones. Yeah, with the no footage. With the phones we have nowadays, they're all blurry. I don't well, think so. That's
1: anything. We don't see any pictures of ghosts or all right. Aliens. Everybody's got
0: a phone. All right. We're going to call that one Hey dear, skin me. Oh, no. Hey dear, show me some skin. The Bambi Vine That's that works too. All right. So listeners, let us know what you think of that story. All right, John, here's one from Reddit. Okay. And I want to thank Reddit user Wolf. You should call it the the John Deere letter. Ooh, the John Deere letter. I like that. (laughs) All right. That's what that first one's going to be called. All right. Fuck yeah. So I want to thank Reddit user Wolf underscore dream for letting us read this one. She claims that this is her true story. Uh, It is a long story, but it's very captivating. It like kept me wanting to to read this. So I I think you guys will like it. The story is called My Trip to the Slaughter Yard, a story my mom wouldn't tell me until my 30s. This is the story so let me start out by saying i enjoy writing so this will be long but will hopefully be an interesting read i also admit that i have absolutely no memory of this experience i was a little over two years old and just starting to walk on my own when this event took place my mom only told me the story around three years ago when i was 32 and about to get married My mother was raised in a very tiny fundamentalist Christian community and had no belief in the paranormal. She believed that our souls sleep until Judgment Day or something like this. There are no ghosts or spirits to haunt houses. That's what she believed. Even over 30 years later, she still sounded terrified as she told me this. This woman, who always talks way too loud, was literally whispering by the end of it. And she was white as a sheet. I believed her completely and still do. My mom never talks about stuff like this. I'm just glad I can't remember it, too. All right, so here we go. This is where the story begins. In 1988, my parents had their second child. This was my brother, Victor. We were very crowded in our rented flat with two babies. My parents decided to move to a rambling old two story farmhouse on a seven acre plot in southern Ohio for more room for the family. It was way out in the sticks and took almost an hour to get to town from there. My mom said the first time I saw the house, I freaked out. I was crying and saying things like, Don't like mean house, mean house, ugly house, don't like scary house, mama, don't like. My mom says this behavior was very out of character for me, but I stopped complaining about the house after a few weeks, so she chalked it up to the stress of the move. Now this house was a ramshackle as fuck and in the middle of nowhere. The kitchen was to the far rear of the house, and until recently before we moved in, still had a working ancient wood-burning cooking stove against the back wall. This had caught the back wall on fire a couple of months before we moved in and caused a lot of damage. A lot of this damage wasn't fixed, so my young, broke parents got a very cheap rent agreement. On the second floor, directly above the kitchen, was a locked room. The landlord claimed it had heavy fire damage, but her son, who had done the repairs, claimed the only fire damage left was in the kitchen since it had been the worst and was beyond his skill level to fix. Either way, the landlord was adamant that the room was off-limits, and my parents always respected that. I would have looked 100%. I know all of this because I heard stories about the crappy farmhouse with the creepy door my whole life, and there were pictures of us in and around the farmhouse. The locked door was right next to the upstairs landing, so there was no avoiding it, and both my parents have told me it gave them the creeps. A few months after we moved in, my mother and I were in the yard with our pit Doberman mix, Boss. She was hanging laundry, and I was rolling around with the dog. She said that just as she noticed that everything was way too silent, Boss started going apeshit from surprisingly far away. About 500 yards from the house on the left, there was a small duck pond. Boss was in between the two, running towards my mom, then turning and running back towards the pond, barking frantically the whole time. My mom saw something thrashing around in the middle of the pond. She took off towards the water at full speed. Boss beat her there and drug me out of the water himself. Although my mom was confused about how I got so far so fast and how I got into the center of the pond since it was over my head and I couldn't swim, she figured she underestimated me and brought in the baby gates and play pens. I was to be contained from now on. A few weeks later, she was cooking downstairs. Boss was outside victor asleep in his crib and i was in my playpen in my room upstairs i also had a gate on my door and one at the top of the stairs the stairs ran up from the side of the kitchen so my mom said she could listen for us crying or fussing while cooking my mom said no longer than 15 minutes after the last time she looked in on us kids boss starts going crazy again in the yard she runs up to check on us Victor's still sleeping, and every baby gate is still shut and locked, but I am not in my room. A frenzied search reveals I'm not in the house at all. A sudden image of Boss saving me from drowning causes my mom to rush outside to see what he's trying to tell her this time. She said he was running circles in the yard, barking uncontrollably. When she got outside, he took off towards the right, away from the pond. He would run ahead, turn around and bark at my mother, wait for her to catch up a little before racing off again. He ended up leading her almost a mile and a half out onto the dirt road that separated our property from our neighbors. He led her to a thick stand of trees on our neighbor's side of the Rocky Drive. She said what hit her first was the foul stench of advanced decay. She plowed into the trees with her heart in her throat and her stomach full of ice. She said she noticed many piles of corrugated tin, tarps, tires, and other debris. The miasma was emanating most strongly from these junkyard kerns. Peeking under a sheet of tin, she discovered the extremely decomposed corpse of a butchered cow. As she headed deeper into the thicket, where the tree cover was denser, she said less care was taken to cover the remains. Grizzly pieces of bones and rotted chunks of bovine littered the area. Apparently our neighbor, in an effort to cheat his taxes, had been illegally slaughtering cattle and hiding the remains in at least one of the few thick stands of trees around. She found me in the dead center of this thicket, just standing there looking around like I was confused, surrounded by carnage. She said I didn't seem scared or anything, just standing. She rushed over to me, after ascertaining that I wasn't injured, began questioning me on why I was here, how I got there, etc., Keep in mind that although my mother said I started speaking very young, I still didn't have much of a vocabulary. She said I told her, with that serious look only small children can give, that the children brought me here. Shadding her pants at the thought that anyone, even children, could walk right past her through the kitchen, get me from upstairs, and walk right back past her on the way down the stairs and out with me, she demanded to know what children and where the hell they are now. I looked at her dead serious and told her the ones that live with us in the room at the top of the stairs and that I didn't see them anymore. That's creepy. I just got chills. After a moment of stunned silence, she started asking all kinds of questions about these children. However, she told me that I refused to say anything else. She said as long as she questioned me about what happened, I would just stand there staring at her with a serious expression and my mouth closed. She said this same pattern held true every other time she brought it up to me, so she was always left wondering and immediately began hounding my dad about moving closer to town. While the incident with me getting to the pond was highly unlikely, it was at least remotely possible. My mother is adamant that me being in the hidden slaughter yard that day was flat impossible. She says there is no way I could have even known it was out there, much less have the ability to open and relock the baby gates, get downstairs, past her, and end up almost two miles down the road and in this place in under 15 minutes. I was only two and as slow and clumsily as most toddlers. As I said, she is still shaken by it after 30 years. Personally, I have no idea what happened that day. I've thought about hypnosis but haven't yet decided. I really want to remember – Maybe it's better to let it be a mystery because whatever the fuck those things were, I really don't think they were children. The end.
1: Ooh, that's portal man. That's
0: messed up. Ooh,
1: portal. There's a portal in the house.
0: Are portals like a like a dark, spooky thing that people talk about at all? Or is you just well, making in this
1: that case, up? Case there. No, I mean I, she got portaled out into the water and then portaled out into that. Ooh, Kern. 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 <laughs>
0: dude it's it's wild I did uh, you know when I was getting her permission to read this story mm-hmm. because it is her work I did ask her if she's done the hypnosis yet and she hasn't but she still is planning on it but I did tell her to keep me posted if if she ever does do it because I would like to follow up on this because this stuff this stuff is interesting man like I am a skeptic a lot of the times when it comes to stories like this but there's so much detail here and I actually yeah. chatted with this person and she seems normal. So, uh, yeah, but I mean,
1: well, I mean, I've had people that I was close to that tell me stories and I, be, you know, you believe somebody that you, you know, right. and they tell you a story and then that makes you think, you know, yeah. Well, in the fact that, in the
0: fact that like, if you're going to make up a story, I don't think you're going to say, you're going to put this story on your mom, you know, like you're going to say, sure. Oh, I remember this vividly. Trust me. You know, no, you're, you're recounting. A story told to you from your mom who does not believe in this type of stuff so I still wonder how on earth she could have you know gotten out into the pond at two years old into the middle of the pond but then get two miles down the road in 15 minutes into some weird crazy looking place um, a lot of questions but I have I still have no reason to doubt it and again I'm like a skeptic when it comes to this stuff but I don't know what do you think John portal you still think portal so you believe it portal man somebody needs to look into this portal stuff if that's like a ghostly thing because that could make sense you know maybe how ghosts you know visit or don't i don't know mm-hmm.
1: that's why they didn't want her going into that room because that's where the portal
0: was that's oh that's where the portal is oh yeah. oh my gosh so maybe the children oh. children came out of the out of the room and got pull her her through the oh, portal Oh, dude uh, Get a hold of her. Tell her I figured it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna send her the link to this episode. I told her I'd send it to her once this is live. So we'll see. So I bet we'll follow up because we're gonna have another one of these, at least one more of these episodes this month. So because I got a yeah, few I more stories, the,
1: I gotta find the ladder stories or the steps steps in the woods stories. Oh
0: yes, you have to. But I definitely have a few more to tell. So we're gonna have at least at least two more of these episodes, guys. So. I hope you liked it. If you did, let us know. Share it on your socials. Help us spread the word. And we're having fun this month. We're taking a little break yeah. from the music every once in a while to deliver these fun, scary stories. So, guys. Tyler, what's your uh, scariest movie moment? Gosh. See, so I grew up watching Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I remember renting those movies all the time as a kid. Still can't believe my mom let me do it uh um, faces of death oh god yeah you remember when we rented those from uh uh-huh. the, the video store for those of you who don't know the faces of death was basically videos mostly fake yeah I, th- I think at the time we believed that they were real but uh some it's of like it was real people real. dying basically yeah. um and it's people video footage by
1: animals and stuff like that. yeah
0: so but mostly it's fake i don't know what the most scariest movie scene was for me what do you what do you mine. got Pet
1: Cemetery, Gage, uh, the
0: girl, the girl's
1: sister. Oh, dude, yes, that has the spinal yes. meningitis. Yes,
0: I remember us talking about that. That used to freak me out so much as a kid. I, that's one thing I could not watch. Like I always Rachel. had to t- stop it, stop it, Rachel, stop it. Never get out of bed again. Uh, Never again. Okay, yeah, that was that was creepy.
1: I know. I'm probably scaring Beth upstairs. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh! We just watched it last weekend, so it was fresh in my memory. But that's yeah, I don't like that scene at all. Ugh, especially when she she returns back to the house because she's worried about her husband and Gage, and he's already buried. that that Barry Gage engages back, and so she's in a neighbor's house, and then she's she starts uh, visioning her sister again.
0: Ugh, dude, that yeah, that show is super creepy, and I have so many chills right now, dude. <laughs> Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. That what a great concept for a movie though. Like honestly, that oh, was yeah. well done. Oh, that's book first. Yeah. What what's the uh, old guy say? You always did an impression. Oh, that ground sour. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, trucks come down that road. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, all right. All day and most of the night. <laughs> Dude gets his ankle sliced by
1: gauge. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yep, Fred Gwynn.
0: Mm. You Urban know what? Monster. You remember the. Did you ever see the, see the movie Hostel? Yes. Okay. So I wonder if the director, or whatever, people of that movie got the idea to slit those. Oh, the Achilles yeah. slice? I wonder if they got that I think from it's Pet an Cemetery. To that probably. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. I'll go ahead and close this one out. All right, guys. We'll be back with more this month. So make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so you can be alerted when these episodes drop. But that'll do it for this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you're really digging our show, please consider helping us spread the word and leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts and or on Spotify. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. And please let us know what you're liking most about this show and also what you'd like to hear more of. So with that, thanks again. And remember, spread love. Peace. Peace.